Welcome to Truth Triumphant Radio. I'm your host, Cody Mori, and I wanted to discuss uh, basically what I wanted to start to get into in regards to prophecy, actually, and and the well, the three angels' messages. And here, here's why I want I wanted to talk about the first angel's message here today, um, mostly because understanding the first angel's message helps one it's crucial it's imperative in fact to understanding the second and third angels messages and these three angels messages were given to people in the last days and I think it's very clear that we are living in those last days right now if you are somebody who listens to these podcasts that we that we post on on YouTube you may have noticed that we didn't have a show last week well that is because we actually did have a show but we did it on vaccines and it was immediately removed so if you want to catch that show you can either go to our website www.truthtriumphantministries.org and there's a section there where we have some of the um, the band videos and radio programs that YouTube has discontinued. Uh, also, we have an area where you can where you can see all of the archived programs and podcasts that we've done on this show thus far. But also, if you are somebody who listens from from Spotify or Apple or Google, to my knowledge, those those programs have not been censored and they have not been discontinued there. So if you want to see what um, the analysis was last week in regard to vaccines, it was called vaccine bias. Um, I don't want to really talk about that much anymore on, on that because I, I don't want this 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 podcast to essentially get censored as well but I did I did I was thinking about this and and I talked to my wife about this and I figured you know if the censorship is going to continue and it's going to um, increase I'd rather take the time to focus on the things that are really important and the things that are really really important right now in the world that we're living in today is the first second and third angel's message. That's the last message for the people of earth. So without further ado, let's let's get into those messages and take a look. Um, and today I wanted to focus on the first angel's message. And, and again, the reason why is because you can't understand the second angel's message and you definitely can't understand the third angel's message without understanding the first. They all pivot, they all hinge off of that first angel's message. The first angel's message is what God requires, what God is asking for, God's standard. And there's actually a little bit of other information in there as well, but all really, if you could look at it in a certain way, really positive things, these are the things you should do. And the second and third angel's message are the opposite of that coin. They are, because you didn't do these things, you are fallen. And and telling and warning people on earth, don't receive the mark of the beast. Well, how do you understand what the mark of the beast is? You have to understand the first angel's message. So I wanted to read you uh, the first angel's message, and then we'll get into uh, the other two.
Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 and 7. It says this, And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation, and kindred, and tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God, and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven, and earth, and the sea, and the fountains of waters. So, these messages are to go to the entire world and if you look up the word angel where it says I saw an angel fly in the midst of heaven if you look up that word in the Greek it's agelos or angelus is the way it's pronounced I believe but in the Strong's Concordance it's number 32 and interestingly enough the, the definition is a messenger an envoy one who is sent, an angel, a messenger from God. So the three angels' messages aren't actual angels, you know, flying in the midst of heaven per se. They are messages, messengers, and each one of us can be one of those messengers if we start preaching the first angel's message or the second angel's message or the third angel's message. We can be one of those angels or messengers and partake of what those messages mean and what they are for the world. So, so I have a comment here from Mrs. White where it says, Christ is coming the second time with power unto salvation. To prepare human beings for this event, he has sent the first, second, and third angel's messages. These angels represent those who receive the truth and with power open the gospel to the world. Letter 79, 1900. So as I was saying, you know, the word angel means messenger. So if you are a part of this message, then you are a part of the three angels' messages. You are one of the, the angels in a sense. Just like she said there, that they represent those who spread these the first, second, and third angel's message. Now, this is a very important if you are a Seventh-day Adventist like myself, because this is, this is the reason why we are here. We are here not necessarily uh, to be in good health, though, the, though that's extremely important, and, and though one could say that it's so important that you will you could I don't want to say will but you could lose your salvation you will lose your salvation in certain instances I just want to be balanced about it as far as people that make minor mistakes here and there um, but dietary wise temperance wise all those things extremely extremely important and they're part of these messages they're actually part of these messages but Having a, a health ministry that's cut off from, I guess that's more what I'm speaking to here. Having a health ministry, if you will, that's cut off from the, prof, the prophetic side of it uh, is not necessarily what we are called here to do. Those sanitariums are very important. We are called here to give a certain message. And that message is the first second and third angels message you, on the program you've probably heard me refer to this countless times already and 
you know, it's it's extremely important for us to keep in mind because with what we're seeing going on with the censorship, with the Hegelian dialectic, what I believe is going on, a Hegelian dialectic between Trump and Biden, and the way the people are being stirred up. I mean, people are extremely angry right now and upset. And it would be good for us to keep in mind what eyes on the prize, as I say, as I've often said in the past, eyes on the prize, keep in mind what they're moving towards is a Sunday law. That's the goal. That's the end state. And who is behind it? It is the Jesuit order. It is the Roman Catholic Church system, which is identified as Antichrist by all the reformers, by study of the prophecies of Daniel, chapter 7, chapter 8, chapter 11, and then Biden sort of rep seeming to represent that other side, which is socialist, communism, atheism, um, which is that king of the south side, and the king of the north and the king of the south do battle. But it's important for us to keep in mind where this is moving towards. I have another quote here from Mrs. White from Review and Herald, December 11th, 1888. It says this, while men are sleeping, Satan is actively arranging matters so that the Lord's people may not have mercy or justice. The Sunday movement is now making its way in darkness. The leaders are concealing the true issue, and many who unite in the movement do not themselves see whither the undercurrent is tending. Its professions are mild and apparently Christian, but when it shall speak, it will reveal the spirit of the dragon. It is our duty to do all in our power to avert the threatened danger. We should endeavor to disarm prejudice by placing ourselves in a proper light before the people. We should bring before them the real question at issue, thus interposing the most effectual protest against measures to restrict liberty of conscience. Again, that's Review and Herald, December 11th, 1888. And what was going on in 1888? They actually tried to pass a Sunday law back in 1888. I don't know if a lot of you guys know this or not, but there was a senator from New Hampshire. His name was Senator Henry W. Blair. And he proposed a National Sunday Rest Bill at Congress. It was called Senate Bill 2983 on May 21st, 1888. So they've been working at this, folks, for a long time. And they've been involved and, and infiltrated into the government for a very, very long time. That's why when we see people that go against the grain, usually they die. Usually they die. Individuals like John F. Kennedy. Individuals like Abraham Lincoln. The whole system has been sick and infected and infiltrated for... A long time if you think about just if you think about the Civil War area era where it was it was what the Democrats versus the Republicans and the Republicans appeared to be the good guys because they were anti-slavery but they they passed the 14th and 15th amendments in Congress and the 14th amendments which is supposed to protect against uh, equal uh, equal uh, opportunity and equal protection of the law the, the, the alt-left of society throughout the decades and over a century now 
have used the 14th Amendment to weaken the United States Protestant system overall. And they've done it, they've used it in things like like removing prayer from school, like removing Bible readings from school. They use it for the Pledge of Allegiance, to remove, not force kids to do the Pledge of Allegiance, things like that. So this, this amendment was proposed by Republicans. So while the Democrats were really the people that were, that was the pro-slavery party down in the South, and then there was, they were still pretty much pro-slavery in the North, they just didn't, they didn't really say much, but when they had the split, and eventually they were brought back into the Union, it would appear that the, it was the Republicans that were the good guys, and when really there was no good guy. So if you look at the things that are going on today, I think this very similar things are happening. I mean, even many uh, long-time, lifetime Democrats uh, have issues with uh, things going on in the party today. And where are they going to turn to? Uh, they're going to turn to probably the Republican Party. And there was talks of making a third party. I thought that that probably would have been a good idea uh, in this country because then it might have been a, a new party that, at least for a time frame, wouldn't be infiltrated and, and totally destroyed the way the, the Republican and Democrat Party have been for a very long time. But who was against it? Of course, Trump was against it. He wanted to preserve and keep the Republican Party, the defunct Republican Party. So, interesting note there, just things uh, to, to pay attention to. But let's, let's pick apart this, these couple of verses here in the first angel's message. First, it says to preach the everlasting gospel unto them that dwell on the earth. Now, what is the everlasting gospel? Well, we have something in the Bible called the gospels. So anything that surrounds Jesus's life is part of the gospel. You know, most people will say that obviously the gospel is that Jesus Christ, the good news, right, is what it, which is what the word means, is that Christ came, he died for your sins, and now if you believe in him and put your trust in him, then you can be saved. And, and while that is definitely a part of it, that is not the whole gospel. The whole gospel is that Jesus Christ died for your sins. He's making a final atonement for your sins. He's still working this out in the heavenly sanctuary above. All those symbols that are in the sanctuary down below, they mean something. They're, they weren't just they weren't just for for obedience purposes or for disciplinary purposes for the children of Israel. They were not for the Jews per se. They were for the whole world. Those are all object lessons, and they're all to be understood. The burnt offering, the sin offering, the peace offerings. This is how God makes atonement for your sins. And not only how he makes atonement for your sins, but then he blots them out and wipes them away and removes them from your record for all eternity. It's it, The answer to that is in the sanctuary system. That's why the psalmist said that thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary so that's also part of it. Now it's also noted where, and this is especially a New Testament teaching as well, 
that we can actually have power to overcome sins. Now, it was an Old Testament teaching as well. It just wasn't understood. Therefore, it became very prominent in, say, the book of Romans, uh, like Romans, Romans 6, Romans 7, and Roman 8, Romans 8, where it talks about this. And you can read 1 John where it talks about, where he talks about this. Telling people that they can and, and, and are expected to keep the commandments of God. Now, they don't do this through their own strength, but they do this through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. They do this through a daily communion, uh, begging the Lord, anguishing before Him, and asking Him to, to help us to overcome our sins and to be His instruments in this world. That's the only way. And that's, to me, that's, that's one of the huge things that so many churches miss nowadays is that while the gospel is about forgiveness, it's not just about forgiveness. It's about power, too. And John, the gospel of John talks about this as well. God gives us the power to overcome sin. He offers it to us. And therefore, if he's going to give us the power to overcome sins, he's going to expect us to do exactly that. So he, he, he asks us to do it. So the beautiful truth, the whole gospel, is that Christ not only did, not only did he forgive our sins, but he freed us from them, freed us from the bondage of them, that we might not be ensnared in them anymore. You know, you tell somebody who is uh, an alcoholic that, hey, it's okay. Jesus forgives everything that you've ever done. But, you know, you're never going to stop drinking because you're saved in sin and Jesus doesn't expect you to overcome on this. this. I mean, of course, no one would say that in regards to drinking. But they will say it in regards to other things. And so the concept's the same. But now think about that alcoholic for a second. That alcoholic sleeps in ditches. Maybe he's homeless. You know, maybe 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 his his he's lost a a wife or a child or something like that due to his drinking, or is about to lose them. They're about to walk out of his life. You can't imagine, and I, this this touches home with me because I, I used to be a slave to the drink myself, and that's what it is, enslavement. And. Imagine telling somebody who is enslaved like that to the to the drink that yes Christ has forgiven them but he's going to leave them he's going to leave them where they are stuck in that enslaved condition Folks that's that's not the gospel <laughs> That's not the gospel the gospel is yes God has forgiven you. You've made so many mistakes. You know, you've done so many things wrong. And no human can know what another human has done completely because it's, it's done in, in the heart and it's done in the thoughts as well. God knows these things. But that they can be forgiven for even all of those things as well. But not just that. That power that Satan has over them, the bottle or whatever the sin is, God says, I will smash that power. And I will give you power to trample on it as well. Now lift up yourself. Put the bottle down. Have the strength to put that bottle down. And to set out 
on a new life with Christ. That's the full gospel. But we have to remember, there's things that Jesus taught in the gospels that are all part of this. So as I've mentioned, the, the, the full gospel of what I just mentioned, the good news of Jesus, but also justification by faith. We are justified by faith, but then we are sanctified by faith as well. This is the difference between righteousness by faith versus justification by faith. Justification by faith is when you repent and the Lord forgives you. It doesn't mean that you still don't have character flaws. But that means that you've agreed to turn away from them wholeheartedly with a contrite heart. And then from there, you moved into sanctification by faith. Now, most people will realize very shortly, after uh, if they're newborn babes in the faith, as we call them, that you'll try to keep the commandments of God because you love God, and you'll find that you're unable to do so. That you, you either betray him in act or in, or in your heart somehow in your thoughts you betray him and so we actually you realize very quickly that you don't have the power to overcome so God says that's okay I have an answer for that you can be righteous by faith and I don't mean declared righteous I don't mean someone says oh you're righteous even though you're sinning no I mean, you can actually become righteous by faith. You could say, Lord, give me your righteousness and take my wretchedness from me and give me a new life. Help me to, help me to, to be your instrument in this world. Sanctify my thoughts. Create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. As Psalm 51 says, so this is obviously, this is the Old Testament teaching as well. It just was misunderstood. So we are sanctified by faith. But now, something that was also discussed in the New Testament was the resurrection and the state of the dead and the judgment and prophecy uh, as far as the second coming is concerned. The law of God and the Ten Commandments were mentioned there. The right, a right understanding of the Sabbath, the sanctuary, Atonement we've mentioned, and of course, the kingdom of God, and of course, uh, one of the most important things, um, well, it's hard to say which one's most important, but one of, one of the highlight important things as far as prophecy is concerned, um, that the time when Jesus was supposed to come was fulfilled, and that's what he actually said in the beginning of Mark. So there's a time prophecy associated with the arrival of Jesus in the first coming. And there's a time prophecy associated with the preparation uh, for Jesus' second coming. Not for when he'll actually come, though that's what was thought at the time. Now, if we look a little further, we see that this gospel was to preach unto all of them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. So, we're not to make the same mistake that the... Israelites did when they kept the gospel to themselves. We are to go out into the world and spread this this message to every every person that we possibly can. That does mean missionary work. That does mean going out to other countries. But it also means being salt uh, in the earth here in in your in your own local area, 
everybody has colleagues, everybody has people they meet with, everybody goes out and, and gets uh, groceries. Not everybody does that. Some people plant their own food, but you, you, you get my drift. There's, there's a way to come in contact with people, and if there's not, we need to find that way. That way we can be salt into the earth, in the earth, because if you, if you understand salt, salt is a preservative. It preserves what it is put on. It's also added to flavor. It, it, it's a seasoning. Salt also irritates if there's a wound, if there's a, a flesh wound. Now, would you say that this country, in a spiritual sense, has many wounds? Absolutely. So if we're being salt in the earth, we're going to irritate people by cleansing those wounds. And that's part of our job. And the state of the world and the state of especially uh, this country, the United States, we can clearly see, um, if we're paying attention, that whether we like it or not, the leaders of the various countries in the world, they're all working together. All these movements have been global movements last year. I mean, we shifted gear from, from at least trying to be uh, a self-sovereign nation here, um, trying to mind our own business and do our own thing. And then we had all these global movements come and hijack all of it. We had the coronavirus, global movement, global leaders doing global things. And they're all doing the same things. They're all doing the masks. They're all doing the six feet of uh, social distancing. They're all doing... Why? Why is everyone in such perfect agreement on it? Shouldn't that make us question? Because not all these nations are good nations, yet they're all in agreement on this. That's, a, that's an issue with me. That's a problem. So you have that, that movement. Then you have the, all the what turned into rioting um, here in the United States and in some other parts of, of Europe and even the rest of the world. There were some other areas. You had the Black Lives Matter, Antifa, you know, anti-racism movement. It was even happening in places like Czechoslovakia where there are very, very few people of color, where they're they're talking about racism, uh, which is ironic because there are anywhere from six to, I believe, 10 million slaves in Africa right now, not 200 years ago, right now in Africa, and they've been enslaved by Muslim warlords. So that was another global movement. There's the Great Reset, another global movement where they want to change the type of capitalism we have into basically a socialist capitalism version. And we're looking more and more, as all these global movements and global players get together, we're looking at more and more of a one-world government system, even if it's not calling itself that yet. It's operating that way right now. So those are things that we were warned about in Revelation. So those should be things that we should look at right now. I mean, and again, I don't even have to get into all, to all the, the um, specifics of those issues in order to see that, yes, there's a big problem here because the Bible warns us uh, about global movements. It, literally, that's, that's the problem. 
because the kings of the earth and the merchants of the earth have committed fornication with the great harlot or whore of Babylon, which is identified in real life as the Roman Catholic Church system. And she's a major player in all of this. They just came out with that encyclical Fratelli Tutti, and the papacy had that one, Laudato Si, on the environment before. We see environmental movements going on now. We see ecumenism going on in the churches. And these are all global movements. Ecumenical charters are being signed in international areas all the time. By the Seventh-day Adventist Church, money is being taken from the government to keep their mouths shut, among other things. And a, a many corporations have accepted this money as well. So once you owe someone money, then you aren't free. That's how it works. So that's where we're at right now. And it looks like we're just about out of time. Wow, I didn't realize. <laughs> I thought we were going to get through a little further. But um, next time we're going to take a look at verse 7 where it says, Saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment is come. And worship Him that made heaven and earth, the sea, and the fountains of waters. And we'll take a look at that next week and find out exactly what fear God means and give glory to Him means and what the hour of His judgment is come means and what worship means um, and the other various symbols that are in there. So, again, if you want to check out those uh, those podcasts that have been deleted by... Um, YouTube and currently we're, we're also looking for another another website that we could post uh, videos on because we just we sort of see uh, the censorship increasing with YouTube in the future. So um, if anybody has any ideas or more than open to, we're looking into BitChute and and uh, Brighton and, and some of the other ones. But um, we have a few videos on there. But if you guys know of any ones, we're trying to reach people that. Uh, wouldn't normally that, that might simply just stumble across this that n not necessarily would be um, Seventh Day Adventist per se, though we do want them as well. But you know what I mean. We want we want to have it evangelistic focus, which is YouTube was a great example of that. So another place that's very similar to YouTube, but without the censorship. So uh, that'll do it for today, and we'll catch you next time on Truth Triumphant Radio. I've been your host Cody Mori. God bless.